0: It's uh, never slows down here at Icon Church. We've always got stuff coming up, and um, really excited. We've got our vision offering next week, and um, just an incredible moment for us as church to uh, give together into the vision that God has given us as Icon Church, and then. Uh, We got baptisms on the 6th of November and uh, just believing that um, many people will be baptised and if you are, uh, maybe you've never been baptised, maybe you're new to faith, recently made a decision, uh, let me encourage you, that's your next step, to be baptised and so um, someone will be at the info point after the service and they'll help you get signed up for that. And uh, we'd love to celebrate with you as you take that public declaration of your faith in Jesus. Good. Well, are you ready for the word? Yeah. I want to welcome everyone from Derby as well. Uh, unfortunately, they weren't able to get their venue today, and so they're meeting up in their Connect groups. And, uh, and so, a big welcome to you guys. Come on, why don't we give it up for Derby? Andy and Kirsty, and everyone there. Really believe that God wants to speak to each and every one of us today, and so um, uh, get your notepads out and uh, get your phones out. Don't look on Twitter or TikTok at Juanito's videos on TikTok. And uh, I got suckered back into TikTok because of Juanito, and uh, I re downloaded it on the Saturday. And then the Saturday afternoon, because our boys weren't very well, I wasn't able to be here at conference in the afternoon. We did a uh, parent swap and Debbie came for the Saturday afternoon and I'm there on TikTok just for Juanito's videos and then an hour had passed and I'd been looking at videos I was like that's why I deleted this app that's why I got rid of it so don't get suckered into the TikTok but um, I really uh, believe God wants to speak to us today and uh, if you're on version, I've got a QR code actually Um, where you can scan and you can follow along with the notes and so I'll let you do that for this time Um, and you can do that in Derby Uh, you're watching, you're not watching, you're part of this and uh, it's not just that you're looking at a screen you're part of this and really believe God wants to speak to us and so the title of my message today is stay, stay and um, I want to read a story to us quite a few verses so stick with me uh, from Acts 27, I'm going to start in verse 9, and we're going to read to verse 26, and so stick with me, listen to this story, because uh, it's, uh, it's quite an interesting story actually, um, so it says this, Much time had been lost and sailing had already become dangerous because by now it was after the fast. And so, so Paul warned them, Men, I can see that our voyage is going to be disastrous and a big bring great loss to the ship and cargo and to our own lives. But the centurion, instead of listening to what Paul said, Followed the advice of the pilot and of the owner of ship. Let me paint some context. Paul is a prisoner in this moment. He's being transported to Rome. He's got to stand before Caesar. Paul actually wants to go to Rome. He thinks this is an assignment. This is what God has got for me. Even though I'm a prisoner, I'm going to stand before Caesar. And uh, you know, this is something that God has got for me. And so, Paul says this to the guy who's running this ship, the centurion. Since the harbor was unsuitable to winter in. The majority decided that we should sail on, hoping to reach Phoenix and winter there. This was a harbour in Crete, facing both southwest and northwest. When a gentle south wind began to blow, they thought they had obtained what they wanted. So they weighed anchor and sailed along the shore of Crete. Before very long, a wind of hurricane force called the Northeasterner swept down from the island. The ship was caught by the storm and could not head into the wind. So we gave way to it and were driven along. As we passed to the lee of a small island called Cowder, we were hardly able to make the lifeboat secure. When the men had hoisted it aboard, they passed ropes under the ship itself to hold it together, fearing that they would run aground on the sandbars of, the, of Sirtis. They lowered the sea anchor and let the ship be driven along. We took such a violent battering from the storm that the next day they began to throw the cargo overboard on the third day they threw the ship's tackle overboard with their own hands when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and the storm was continued and the storm continued raging we finally gave up all hope of being saved after the men had gone a long time without food paul stood up before them and said men you should have listened to me you should have taken my advice not to sail from Crete then you would have spared yourself this damage and loss but now But now I urge you to keep up your courage because not one of you will be lost. Only the ship will be destroyed. Last night, an angel of the God whose I am and whom I serve stood beside me and said, do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand trial before Caesar. You have got an assignment. You have got something that God has got for you and God has graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you. So keep up your courage, man. And for I have faith in God that it will happen just as He told me. Nevertheless, we must run aground on some island. I I love this story because it uh, highlights something to me that uh, we love to do in our culture, and and uh, we love to do we love to celebrate certain moments. But I, I found that uh, we we celebrate. Uh, in different moments. We'll celebrate someone starting something and that rightly so, someone has the courage to start something, we will celebrate them starting it. But have you noticed how we love to celebrate when someone leaves? Like we have leaving dues at work. When I I was working uh, for a rental firm, a car rental firm, um, we'd have leaving dues and the rule was that on your leaving due, you had to bring cake in for everybody else. Anyone else? That's the rule in your place. And it was like, uh, it was like the slight punishment, but we'll celebrate you as well. But we'll go out. But how, how many of us know that that's celebrating, we celebrate leaving and we, those leaving dues and we celebrate people starting. But actually, uh, we don't celebrate as much people staying. We don't we don't celebrate people staying and I think the greatest power is in staying. The greatest power that we have is in staying. This story in Acts 27 is so powerful because it tells us that the greatest power is in staying. We're going to see later on that um, the soldiers want to get off the boat, onto the lifeboat. Yet Paul tells them, no, stay with the boat because actually this is the place where God has, has for us. The place where God has told me we need to be. You see, the story in Acts, Acts 27, what we've been reading is this, that Paul is prisoner, like I said, and he's going on his way to Rome, and um, he, he's, he's going to stand trial before Caesar, but Paul knows, that's where I'm going. That's where I'm called to be. And, and so he begins to, uh, begins to explain to the centurion in that moment in Crete, we've got to stay here because there could be some damage. There could be a problem. There could be a storm. You see, I I found in my life that to get somewhere, I want to get somewhere, but I also want to choose how I get there. Uh, Recently, we... Went on a missions trip to the church in Poland, in Kashalin, which all of you guys got to meet those uh, leaders from there last weekend. And uh, we went there. And uh, on, the way, on the way back, we entered this airport, and I, it's the smallest airport I have ever been in. It's the smallest airport. I can't even remember the place, what the place was called, where the airport was. Uh, but we walked in, and... Uh, uh, the first issue, I'm not outing you here, Andy, but I am outing you here. Andy had put the suitcase on the wrong person's uh, boarding pass, and so we had to sort all that out. We, we didn't choose that, but that's fine. We can sort that out. Then we go through boarding, and uh, you've got a little duty-free stall, and then you walk through with your boarding pass, and that was it. You were at the gate. That was the airport. That was it. That was the full airport. The problem is, is that that's fine if your plane's on time. They had one little shop in there, one, like, cafe, little bar. I mean, you will not, and that place was packed full of people. And we're in there, and it says, oh, your flight has been delayed 30 minutes. And then on the screen it comes, your flight has been delayed 45 minutes. And then 60 minutes, and then we realise something: we haven't seen a plane take off or land at this airport yet. We, we haven't seen anything. Then, then it says 90 minutes, and we are sat in this room, probably not much bigger than this. If it actually, probably not smaller than this, half the size of this, with about another 60. 70 people with two stores and you've got to try and entertain yourself and uh, do all that for these 90 minutes or so until the plane arrives the plane eventually arrives and we're like thank goodness we've seen a plane at this airport we're at the right place and eventually we got off the place but how many of us know in life that you know, I wouldn't have chosen that way of trans- transportation. I'd have wanted it there on time. I'd have wanted it there and then. But how many of us know in life when we want to get somewhere, many times we don't choose the way we get there. We don't choose how we get there. Many times we don't choose how we get there. So Paul knew he had an appointment. And uh, he knew he had an appointment. But what happens when, we, uh, when it doesn't work out how we thought? What happens in your life when it's not working out how, it, how we thought, when we face opposition? When today you may be in a moment where you're feeling disappointed. It may not have worked out how you thought it would. It may not have got to the place. And many times we face opposition. It doesn't work out how we thought. We get disappointed and we can find it difficult to stay in what God has got for us. We can find it difficult to stay in because we're facing disappointment, we're facing hard things, we're facing moments. How can I stay? You know, the story goes on and um, I'll read little bits of it later, but the boat begins to break. How can I stay in it when it's breaking? Like the soldiers begin later in the story, they begin to drop a, a lifeboat down and it seems obvious, get in the lifeboat. But, but Paul's saying, no, you've got to stay in the boat. Even though this boat's breaking, you've got to stay in it because the promise is if you stay in it, you'll be saved. The promise is if you stay in it, we'll, you'll be saved. But many times it's hard to stay when things are breaking. I don't know, you might feel broken today. You might feel like a, a breaking heart today. It might feel like it's breaking all around you. You may be looking at certain circumstances in your life and feel like it's breaking in your life. But Psalm 34 and verse 18 tells us that God is close to the broken hearted. Have you not got that verse, guys? Psalm 34 and verse 18. Let me read it to us. It says this. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. That in the breaking, there's a blessing. In the breaking, God's promise is that he's close to us. That even in moments of breaking, that God is with us and God is for us. That it's in the breaking, there's a blessing. I know it doesn't feel like it. I've been there in my life when it's felt like everything's breaking, but God is calling us to stay rather than run away. To stay in the moment. We love our metaphors as Christians and in church world, like mountains. You know, mountains, you hear us sing it in songs and maybe it gets mountains. We're facing mountains and mountains can move. And we love this and means like a circumstance or something we may be facing. Chains. Chains. You know, break chains, God. And we love these metaphors on our lives. And storms is one of those metaphors that we love to use because storms can mean a situation or a circumstance or whatever we may be going through. It feels like a storm. Anyone wake up this morning here in Chesterfield and you just heard something, you were like, what was that? And you look through your blinds or your curtain, and you're like, oh, that's a lot of rain. <laughs> that is coming down today it felt like a storm well life can feel like that and storms can come out of nowhere storms can come out of nowhere it can be one moment everything seems fine the sun is out and i think here in england we recognize this so much because one one moment it can feel like it's nice day and then the next moment it's like oh my word where did that come from you can even see it. Um, I remember the first time uh, recognizing rain coming and seeing it. And it was like, it's nice and bright and sunny where I am. But look at all that rain coming over there that's coming. And especially when you're out golfing, that's not a good sign. But a preacher said this, and I can't remember who it is, to give them credit. And so if it's you and you're watching, give yourself credit. And he said this, uh, you're either going through a storm, you've just come out of a storm, or you might be about to hit a storm. And many times, that's how life can be. It can feel like it's storm season. And it can feel like that. But it's not what you go through that determines where you end up. Many, we can feel like we're blown off course, that there's storms of life, there's storms of situation. But it's not what you go through that determines where you end up. It's who you listen to and what you're guided by. And so would we ask ourselves the question today to stay in it, I've got to know who I'm listening to and what I'm being guided by. And maybe today we've got to ask the question, who will I listen to? Who am I going to listen to? What am I going to be guided by? See, the story in Acts 27 is they'd rather not stay in a place of safety because they didn't like it, it maybe wasn't ideal for them to be in, because it was a a moment where, you know, it tells us that it was that winter time, and so rather than stay in a place they didn't like, they sailed into something that would destroy them. They'd rather sail into something that would destroy them. And storms can come out of nowhere. It, It can come out of nowhere, and we can't control it. It could just be a message from that person. It could be a phone call. It, it could be whatever it is. That could be the first storm. But I want to encourage us, and here's a big takeaway for us today. Don't create a second storm by your decisions. You see, they, they, they had a chance to stay in a place that my, my, what wasn't ideal. It didn't feel ideal. Uh, we didn't like it. So we're going to sail anyway. And they sailed into that storm that could destroy them. I don't know, but I think there have been decisions in my life and thank God for his grace and his working in my life where I've decided, made a decision in a moment where I'm facing a storm and it's led me into an even bigger storm. Can we be honest in church today? Yeah? We've done that, we've made decisions, we've gone searching for things, we've gone looking for things. You know, we've been lonely in moments and we've run to places to try and fulfill our loneliness. We're searching for acceptance, relationships, and we're doing it in all the wrong places. And the first storm was I felt lonely, but by the decisions I made, I created a whole bigger storm because of the decision that I made. And so we run to different things. We run, we're looking for relationships. We go to the dark to try and drive out the dark. But it's the light. I had uh, recently I met up with a friend who I used to play football with. And he were, he, we were talking and just talking about life. And he was, he was being really honest and open with me and saying how he'd felt like he'd messed up his life. And he'd messed up his life and unfortunately his marriage had broken down and, and, um, and so he was in a moment where he was searching and longing for relationship and acceptance in this moment. And uh, first storm was that his relationship broken down. And so he begins to tell me that he got on the app where you swipe right and uh, I'm not promoting it on YouTube. <laughs> I'm not gonna do that. But um, he got on that app And he just went, I went from one night stand to one night stand to one night stand and it left me feeling even worse. And as I sat there going, what do I say? And I said, it's because you're searching in all the wrong places, mate. And we can do the same. Our decisions lead us to the wrong places. But I want to encourage you, no, don't go to the dark to drive out the dark. Go to the light. And the light is Jesus. Jesus says, I'm the light of the world. (laughs) Begin to follow him. (laughs) Begin to make your decisions based upon him and what he has for us. I wrote this down and I'm just going to read it to you because I thought it was really good. And um, let me have a drink before. No, as I wrote it, I wrote it in like when I went to Poland Anna if you're watching this I'm really sorry but she got my notes uh, for my message to like prep in terms of in Polish and she went "You, you speak for this long on those notes and I'm like yeah it didn't always used to be like this I used to write them out quite a lot and she's like well, can I have the ones that you write out quite a lot? And I was like, well, I haven't got them for that message. But I wrote this out and I didn't cut it down into notes. I just wrote this out because I thought it was really, it was the thing from God as I wrote it. So, uh, I wrote this, everyone of us has places of brokenness. I need you to know this so you don't quit. So you don't quit coming to church because you believe God doesn't have enough grace for you. Or you stop showing up for that role that God gave you because you didn't think you're smart enough. Your brokenness reminds you that you can't do it on your own. Stop looking everywhere else and running from things because you don't think you're enough. Your help comes from the Lord. And if you stick with what he's called you to, he'll give you what you need. He'll give you what you need. And so we're in this story and they've made that decision. They're sailing into the storm. And verse 20 is an incredible moment because it tells us they finally gave up all hope. They have no hope. What they were guided by had gone. Verse 20 says, when neither sun nor stars, which would have been the very things that would have guided their journey, appeared for many days and the storm continued raging, we finally gave up all hope of being saved. We finally gave up all hope. And then Paul enters. Paul comes in. Paul begins to talk to them. Because what Paul was guided by was very different to what they were guided by. They were guided by the circumstance. They were guided by what they could see. But Paul was guided by something different. He was listening to a different voice. And he was listening to a different voice in the storm. Verses 21 and to 26 he, he, go, he goes on and he says, you should have listened to me, verse 21. And then verse 22, he says, but now I urge you to keep your courage because not one of you will be lost. Only the ship will be destroyed. Last night, this is who I'm listening to. Last night, an angel of the God whose I am and whom I serve stood beside me and said, do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand trial before Caesar. And God has graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you. So keep up your courage, men. Keep up your courage. I know you've lost hope, but keep up your courage today. For I have faith in God that it will happen, just as he told me. Nevertheless, we must run aground as the ship. You see, staying is determined by who I listen to and what I'm guided by. So the first thing today is, will I listen to and be guided by wisdom or worry? Wisdom or worry? Who are you going to listen to? Paul in this moment. He, he, he doesn't see the sun. He doesn't see the stars. He's in the same boat. He sees that it's breaking, but he's got the wisdom of God. He's got God with him. That even in this moment where there might be worry, he's got God's voice. He's got God with him. He knows I'm going to another trial. <laughs> I find this amazing that Paul actually wants to go to another trial but he knows he has a calling from God. I I know like it it, it sounds weird because it might be like, you might be facing a situation and you might be saying, well, I I wish I was out of this or you know what, if I stay in it though, then then it leads to this. But actually there's a God calling. Right here in this moment, there's a God calling for Paul that you're going to go to Rome. You've got an appointment. Jesus talked about wisdom and he talked about how we get wisdom and how we hear wisdom and he talked about it in terms of building a house Matthew 7 verses 24 to 27 he says this therefore everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock the rain came down The streams rose and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it has its foundations on the rock. Wise man has his foundations on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice. So you can be in church and still be plagued by worry. You you can be in church and still have things that take precedent over others, you can still be in church and be listening to worry and be guided by worry. I'm not here to say we're not going to worry, but it's in the moments of worry that I've got to determine I'm going to follow God's wisdom. I'm going to put into practice what God has taught me, what I've heard from his word. I'm going to place my foundation on the rock because the second guy hears the words. But does not put them into practice and like a foolish man who built his house on sand the rain came down the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell with a great crash can i tell you something they both face the same storm so the christian life i know if you're n- new to church and you might be coming and you might be thinking, well, if I follow this Jesus, does that mean all, or everything sort? Christian life doesn't exempt us from storms. We'll all face storms. The Christian life is what am I going to build my life on? Who am I going to follow? What am I going to build my life on? Who am I going to listen to? Who, what am I going to be guided by? Because who I listen to and what I'm guided by determines where I end up. Jesus is saying if you hear his words, put them into practice, guess what? You'll end up being able to stand strong even when the storms come against you. But if you hear my words and don't put them into practice, life's going to come down like a big crash. So today, will you be guided by wisdom or worry? Will you listen to wisdom or worry? Because I want to say to some people today, you can have hope in the storm. like the guys in this moment, we gave up all hope and yet Paul comes and says, no, no, no. I've got hope in the storm and that hope is in Jesus. You can have hope in the storm. I don't know what storm you may be facing. I don't know what storm you might have come out of. I don't know what storm you might walk into, but I know that you can have hope in the storm in Jesus. It's a determination. What am I gonna build my life on? Stop searching for hope everywhere else. Stop searching for hope in all your circumstances. Stop searching for hope in your bank balance. Stop searching for hope in all of these things. Search for hope in Jesus, in what Jesus has got for you. Build your life on his wisdom. Listen and be guided by the wisdom of God. Build your house, build your life, build everything on Jesus' words, his promise, who he is. Because it takes wisdom to stay it takes wisdom to stay to not be distracted by other voices i've I've left uh, some situations in life and i've I've you know I've moved on from things and many times it's because I've listened to other voices I've listened to the other voices and me- many of those voices were well-meaning voices but when I've made that decision, it's, it's led me away from what God has got for me. Like many of my friends, you know, oh, will you do this? No, I'm determined I want to follow Jesus. There have been many times that I've had to ignore some of the voices and go, no, this is what I want to build my life on. You know, um, being 17 years old, 18 years old and thrust into... Uh, the football environment and a football dressing room with uh, lads and you know you know the main point of conversation were either drink or girls they were the two main points of conversation and i had a determination which voice am i going to listen to where am i going to go where am i going to go where where do i build my life what am i going to build my life on You know, we'd be on coaches and magazines would get passed around and I had to determine what am I going to build my life on? At 18 years old, I'm having to make these decisions. Am I having to do this? Why? Because, you know, like I've got to do this now. It's never too late to start to build your life upon his words and what he has for you and on his wisdom and what he has for you and much of what I you know I love to tell the stories of where God has used me in football but I think it's because I made a decision at 18 this is what I'm going to build my life on in this environment this is who I'm going to be I'm going to follow his words and I'm going to put them into practice and so so many times as I began to do that and what I built my life on at that point led to conversations after conversations I've seen my friends from football sit on this front row I've seen one guy turn up on a Wednesday and just say Nathan I need to know about Jesus and I was able to lead him to Jesus in the training room where goo is at today I was able to do that don't clap it's all Jesus but it came because I was willing to build my life on it I wonder what God could do as you were listened to and are guided by wisdom not worry as you determine your life to be guided by wisdom or oh worry because there's so much power to not be distracted by other voices no we're building the ark other people we haven't seen rain forever no I've heard from God I've heard from God Nehemiah there's an old a guy in uh, the old testament called Nehemiah he's rebuilding a wall and some guys come and get come up and say we need to talk to you one of them's name I think was Sam Ballot and he says I need to have a word and name and says no 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 you're not going to distract me from what God's called me to do I cannot come down because I'm about a good work I, I I'm about a good work you see the enemy would love us love to lie to us and get us worried and get us distracted when there's God's wisdom for that so whatever storm you're facing I believe there's God's wisdom for that I believe there's God's wisdom in every storm, and in our worry we end up running and jumping ship and we've allowed the enemy to get our focus off the very thing that God has for us so today you're saying well I want wisdom Nathan how do I get it James 1 and verse 5, it's real simple. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God. Now, I know you can see the rest of the verse on the screen. I wish I'd display it because you know what's coming. But I think sometimes we come to God and say, okay, God, I need wisdom. We think we have to have everything sorted. I have to have my whole life sorted. But it tells us that God, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it'll be given to here so today ask for wisdom might be facing a storm ask God for wisdom you might be going into a meeting tomorrow like go into it going God I need your wisdom walking into your workplace tomorrow and you're going into a situation a conversation God I need your wisdom and he'll give it you he'll give it you he'll give it you generously so listen to and be guided by wisdom not worry the second thing is this Will I listen to and be guided by faith or blame? The team are going to come back, so don't get distracted by them. I know they're good looking, but don't get distracted. You're right there at Derby in your connect groups engage in. I hope this is encouraging you today. You see, many times we think the opposite to faith is doubt. We think the opposite to faith is Is doubt but I want to say actually doubt leads to faith many times when I've got doubt in my life it's led me to faith that the moments of of doubt have actually led me to faith and so I've put blame here because blame blocks faith when we begin to blame other things or other people or or the circumstance we begin to blame it it actually blocks faith And so here in this story, in verse 21, Paul starts by saying, you should have listened to me, we should have stayed in Crete. It's all your fault, kind of thing. He he begins there, but then he switches tact and says, but now. Because there's a moment where we have to go from, I know this is the real circumstance, and I know I said this, or I know I thought this, but here's where I am right now. And here's where I am. And so many times, blame will block faith, but we need a but now moment. Or as Thomas would put it, we need to put our butt in the right part of the sentence. We need a but now moment that takes us from this moment of blaming whatever we're facing to a faith. To a faith. Can I, like, is enough of the blaming and start to put our faith. Can, like, there are many of us in this place who are facing storms. Can I tell us storms don't, Many storms don't just change overnight. We'll read on this story. The ship gets destroyed. Like they face this incredible storm. Storms don't change overnight. But we can either blame it or have faith. We can ha- either have blame or faith. It's the power to be expectant even when you face disappointment. to walk by faith and not by sight not dismissing what's happening but a faith to know god's good and i trust in a god who is good and he'll see it through because it takes faith to stay and staying is powerful it takes faith to stay james 1 again verse 2 to 4 Consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you face trials of many kinds, or we could just put, when you face storms, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Faith doesn't get tested when things are going so well. Faith gets tested in storms we have a moment do we blame or do we have a faith to stay and to trust God and to stay in it see there's a testing of our faith there's a testing of our faith that happens in the storms and I don't know about you but many times when i face faced situations I've tried to find the way out I'm trying to get out I'm trying to keep get out of it if I keep doing that though how can I be changed through it because that storm will develop something in my life. And James Rice, who's the brother of Jesus, he says, hey, you'll face those storms. When you face those storms, it'll develop perseverance. And if you'll stay in it, you'll become mature and complete, lacking nothing, lacking nothing. And so today, stop trying to find a way out. The story goes on and in Acts 27, and they start to try and lower the lifeboat, but Paul tells them, you've got to stay with the boat. To be saved, you've got to stay with the boat. You've got to cut the ropes to the lifeboat. And as I was reading that, and as I was thinking about that, I thought about this moment, thought, do you know what? It takes faith to cut the ropes. But staying means I'm cutting the ropes I'm deciding there's no way out I'm not gonna make an excuse I'm not gonna blame anything else I'm gonna to decide to stay in what God has got for me I'm gonna stay in his promises I'm gonna stay I'm here to stay and I'm gonna let God finish the work in me so I become mature and complete lacking nothing so it's a promise and it's for us to listen to and be guided by faith not blame and the promise from God just like in acts 27 is a if you stay with the boat you'll be saved if you stay you'll be saved Verses 42 to 44 the soldiers planned so this is after they've tried to lower the lifeboat they've cut the ropes The ships breaking up, all of this. The soldiers planned to kill the prisoners to prevent any of them from swimming away and escaping. But the centurion wanted to spare Paul's life and kept them from carrying out their plan. He ordered those who could swim to jump overboard first and get to land. The rest were to get there on planks or on pieces of the ship. In this way, everyone reached land in safety. There was safety for every single person. But I tell you, it was the same ship, but it looked different. It was the same ship, but it looked different. They entered the place on planks and pieces of wood, yet they stayed with the ship. He's still the same God, but the season may look different. He's still the same God he was 10 years ago when he did that for you but the season may look different. He's still the same God when you felt like he was so close five years ago, when when you, were, you sent like an a high, but it's just the season is different. Will you stay in Jesus? Because he stayed for us. There's a moment when Jesus is on the cross and the soldiers look up to him and say, hey, if you're, really you you say you are why don't you get down from here yeah in the bible it tells us for the joy set before him he endured the cross he stayed on that cross. He could have got himself down in that moment but he stayed on the cross for me and for you. For whoever we are today, he decided to stay on the cross to obliterate hell and sin so that we could know life and life to the full today. He stayed on the cross for each and every one of us. Whatever life looks like, he stayed on the cross because he knew of the joy that was set before him, that today you would hear that He loves you, that He's for you, that He died on the cross for you, and today you can know that He stayed for you.